this is my idea. This is my vision. I have no money. <laughs> so uh, I have no boxing ring. Go on. Uh, but, I, but I think this could be a good thing. And I think it's, I, I know it's going to be successful. So basically, I just made a deal with them um, to where my one buddy basically gave me the materials for the boxing ring. And then uh, my other friends gave me the materials to like basically just buy a ring, get the show off the ground. And then I, you know, I said, you know, I'll advertise this crap out of your stuff. These are the shows that I have scheduled. You can have VIP tables for them. I'm happy to pay the money back at things. And luckily I had a good solid group of friends that believed in the vision and were like, yeah, man, no problem. Come on. And uh, basically just like, and it wasn't, you know, a ton of money, but it was, yeah. it was a lot more than the $30 that I had in my checking account. <laughs> founder of Hard and Fight Company, infamous MMA. You have a clothing line. You're also the former kickdown lightweight champion, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. I just, I'm happy to be here. And uh, thanks for doing this in your format. I think it's a, I think it's an important thing that you're doing. Um, it's important, especially like, you know, I think to give these younger fighters like a platform to kind of introduce themselves and, you know, get sponsors and things like that, because it's so hard to make it the, a young pro or an unsigned pro and things like that. And the money's so tight. These guys are fighting for almost no money. You know right. what I mean? A lot of times, I mean, and it's guys like you, man, are really, really help those guys because they see on podcasts and they're able to go get some sponsors from like a local car dealership or whatever. And yeah. that can be just such a good, uh, I mean, just, just exposure and stuff like that. So, no, it's, it's my pleasure. And like I said, I, I love what you're doing, man. It's, it's important. So thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I love to start my shows up by going back, man. Where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm a, a former fighter. So my childhood is probably like the cliche former fighter childhood. I don't okay. think uh, people with generally happy childhoods become fighters usually. <laughs> Seems like there's a pattern there. You know what I mean? Some do, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's just like, yeah, but uh, I, you know, um, we lived in, I was born in LA, uh, in California, and then um, we, uh, my brother John, I was fairly young, and we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, my brother John actually got murdered when he lived in California, and then uh, my mom was from Wyoming. I'd never been to Wyoming, and basically that happened, and we had, like, no money, and we were really struggling, so my mom's like, we're moving to Wyoming, and basically I was like, um, what, what's Wyoming? Right. I don't know what that even, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So we moved out here as a, at a pretty young age and that's where my mom's family lived and uh, here in Casper, Wyoming, uh, central Wyoming, is a town of about 60, 70,000 people. And um, this is where like, you know, I up, went to school and, and kind of just like where I consider to be home and things like that. So yeah, it's, this is pretty much where I grew up. And I, yeah, I, like I said, I grew up, I never, uh, you know, knew my dad, we'd never met. And mm. it was just always just kind of me and my mom. And uh, we grew up, you know, just kind of same thing, blue, in a, what Casper's a really blue collar, really rough town in, in, in those terms. And uh, so just kind of, you know, grew up basically in, uh, you know, not the best financial situation and, and with a single mom and, and growing up was kind of rough, but I, I had a great, great mom. And uh, I'm so thankful for her. She, you know, she taught me so much. And uh, so childhood was a little rough, um, but you know, I 
so grateful for it every day because it, it makes me more grateful for, you know, how my life is now. So, yeah. Well, yeah. How did you transition into the fight game then? Yeah. So the fight game, I, you know, uh, man, I just feel like it's one of those things that's in your, almost like in your DNA, you know what I mean? You just have to like discover it. But like I said, I, I was living in Wyoming at the time and my uncle, my mom's brother was uh, the security for this large bank here and this was in the 80s you know okay and so it was kind of a little bit of a different time but um i was probably five years old maybe i was a young kid and um my uncle was babysitting me basically and uh he, he was the head security for this bank and it was after hours and there was like a uh like a lobby slash break room whatever you want to call it but back then like in the in the banks in the 80s like a basically a bar in the back room kind of thing you know what i mean <laughs> so anyway yeah. it's like night late night long story short it was uh i got invited and it was him and all his friends and it was the sugar ray leonard fight um i think it was leonard hearns okay. and that was the first time i'd seen a boxing match or seen combat sports and uh instantly i was just like that was it you know what i mean it was just like it was there. I saw it and I was just completely awestruck by it. And I remember I didn't have a lot of like positive male role models in my life. My uncle was a great guy. Um, but you know, not a around me every day, but, yeah. uh, anyway, so I just remember distinctly like watching that and just watching Sugar Ray Leonard and the way he moved and, and it's just the beauty of what he was doing. And, uh, I was just completely enamored by it. And then I remember looking around the room and seeing the other guys in the room, um, you know, that were just kind of like drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and watching the fights. And, but they were all just fixated on Sugar Ray Leonard. You know what I mean? Like he was like almost like not human, you know what I mean? Right. Like a God in there. And I was yeah. just like, right then I knew I was like, I don't want to be one of these guys sitting here drinking beer, smoking cigarettes. I want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I want to do that. Cause it was just so spectacular and so magnificent, magnificent, excuse me. So like after that, it was just, I boxing and then, you know, got into Taekwondo and stuff as a kid. And then it just kind of evolved into there um, and then boxed for several years. And then, um, like I said, got to train at Quest for a little while uh, with the guys there, Chris Steven and Randy Couture. That's how I start. And then moved back to Wyoming and then started training full time and just, just fighting was just all once I was in it. And I just, like I said, it was just one of those things that I was just, obsessed over as a kid i just can't i may remember watching like every bruce lee movie every all those corny van damme movies totally. are, like just like religion you know what i mean so it's just like i think that happens with most fighters you just get bit by that bug and it's just like it's a wrap after that it's all you can think about and i was like that was kind of what happened to me so yeah, yeah. man yeah. and then when did you start hardened fight company and, and how did that all come together why did you decide to launch that thing man yeah yeah so thank you for asking that yeah it was like um and that's one thing that was weird because i fought forever i never thought i'd own a fight promotion be like a promoter i still hate that word yeah because i just don't consider myself to be that at all but i guess that's who i am like <laughs> i own a promotion whatever but yeah it's just kind of a weird word for me especially coming from a fighting background but um all the promoters most of the promoters i dealt with were really good people steve alley that owned kickdown out of colorado great guy um but anyway um the Wyoming Athletic Commission came into Wyoming and um, basically they implemented the Colorado cost structure 
four events and it basically wiped out the entire scene in Wyoming because we're so much smaller than them in terms of population that um, it just, all the shows that were here were just like, we can't afford to do this anymore, you know, because in Denver you have a crowd of, or a population of whatever, a million people to draw from. And then in the town I live in, like it and all the surrounding areas, there's like 70 or 80,000. So just, it really shut everything down. And those are the shows that I used to fight in for several years. And it was just a bummer. And I think everybody missed it. And then one day I got a random call um, from a gentleman um, that, and remembered me from the old fights and said, Hey, I'm having a boxing event. Would you like to come down and judge? And I had my son with me and I was like, Hey, do you, do you want to go you know, sit ringside and judge these boxing fights? And he's like, heck yeah, that sounds fun. So, you know, we went down and did it and, um, Oh God, it was rough. Uh, <laughs> the show, like I, yeah, like at yeah. the end of the second fight, I almost like left, but I felt like a dude, it was, that's how just it was just very unorganized and there's like literally guys like smoking cigarettes and like drinking beer before they got in the ring like it was like it was like a, a tough man contest would right. be like a kind word for it like it yeah. was pretty rough anyway so the ring you know i don't want to bash on it too much but it was really rough but yeah. like i said but i after the sec fight i was like well i feel obligated to at least stay here and be like a voice of reason because this is kind of crazy. And again, guys fighting that were, you know, 30 or 40 pounds apart in weight. And just like, it was just barely haphazardly thrown together. So um, I was sitting there with a friend at the time, who was another form, former fighter. And, you know, we had a couple of beers and then it just got, we just got the conversation. Like we should just start our own shit. We deserve better than this, basically. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Wyoming and Casper's a big fight community. Um, like I said, it's blue collar. People like boxing. They love mixed martial arts. Uh, we, we as a community, we've had better in the past. We need better again. So it's just kind of just saw the necessity for it. So uh, he and I um, decided to just do that very thing. And uh, basically, like six months later, I had, I just went through a breakup. I had probably like thirty dollars in my oh. bank account, and. Um, I came to a couple of my friends, Pete Maxwell and Matt Galloway, that owned a couple bars here in town. And then another friend, um, Shane Rivet, that owns uh, a recycling company here. And I said, I, this is my idea. This is my vision. I have no money. <laughs> so uh, I have no boxing ring. Uh, but I but I think this could be a good thing. And I think it's, I, I know it's going to be successful. So basically, I just made a deal with them um to where my one buddy basically gave me the materials for the boxing ring and then uh, my other friends gave me the materials to like basically just buy the ring get the show off the ground and then i you know i said you know advertise this crap out of your stuff these are the shows that i have scheduled you can have vip tables for them i'm happy to pay the money back at things and luckily i had a good solid group of friends that believed in the vision and were like yeah man no problem come on and uh basically just like and it wasn't you know a ton of money but it was, yeah. it was a lot more than the thirty dollars that i had in my checking account at the time. yeah totally <laughs> so uh yeah and we did it and like i remember the first show we i literally had no advertising budget and looking back on it, it was just an insane thing to do. it was just all like basically like asking my friends to share it on social media and things like that and the first show I literally like I, did, I don't think I slept the, first, the night before and I didn't know if there was going to be 
20 people at the show or a thousand. Like I had legit no idea. We pre-sold, I think, 28 tickets, which okay. was very terrifying. You know what I mean? And I have <laughs> literally my life savings. These guys has borrowed money, put into the all pushed into the center. And then um, yeah, we opened the doors and then we always open doors at like 6.30, first fight, 7.15. And then 6.30, the doors open and people just started flooding in. And I was just like, thank God. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. so relieved. And it just, I think it was just that that combination. There hadn't been any legit shows for probably five years in Casper at that time. Wow. And so everybody kind of felt that I did in terms of like, okay, this is long overdue. We need to have this again for, for Wyoming and the people here. And it was just a big... You know, then I had the people in the building and then now I'm terrified something's going to go wrong. Like, is the ring going to fall in? You know, you just have all these irrational fears and stuff, but yeah. ended up being a great show. And then basically from then, it's just continued to grow and grow and grow. And that was four years ago. Um, Come on. And that's, it just keeps, it's just taking on a life of its own. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of grown and grown and grown. So it's been a huge blessing and, all thanks to like my community for supporting me basically and the fighters obviously too for fighting yeah and, and talking about community i mean you guys do a ton of charity work you do community outreach you run a youth program at your gym for yeah. basically free to anyone that can't afford it man which i mean world changer you are man because that's amazing some people can just get so motivated by what you're doing there but why was it so important for you to be involved in the community and, and you know in the youth so much yeah yeah thank you man well we that just kind of started as, you know, like from uh, the first show, we had a friend get really sick with leukemia and he didn't have medical insurance. Um, and I didn't have any money, you know what I mean? To help yeah. him. But I was like, you know, it just kind of came in like, well, we can do a fit. We can get some, you know, some of my friends uh, like there are females that are better at the stuff than I am that are more organized than us guys. You know what I mean? They can actually organize shit and they're smart. Yeah. So we got them to donate, you know, uh, go to businesses and get a few donations to get some kind of cool baskets. And we just said, well, we can do a 50, 50 raffle and, and, you know, help, help this guy, help our friend out here that, you know, needs to pay his rent and, and his things like that. Well, in the time while he's in the hospital, and uh, it went really good. A bunch of people, um, you know, bought tickets and we got to help him out enough to at least pay his rent up for a couple of months. And like while he was in the hospital and, you know, not, a, you know, a huge deal, but, you know, enough just to kind of help him a little. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, wow, this is cool. We have to do this every time. Like I have this avenue with this building with a thousand, two thousand people in it. Like we can we can do shit with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Besides, besides it. So yeah. And so every show we, we do the same thing. We go and, and local businesses are always really kind and we'll donate um, prizes. We'll do a 50, you know, 50, 50 raffle and then have several prizes and do things like that. And it's always for a local charity and it's just been, yeah, it, everybody kind of is just on the same page and all in on it. So it's been really good. Um, and again, I don't want to take too much credit for that. Cause it's not like I'm writing some big check out of my personal account. Right. Cause I'm definitely not. But, um, I just felt like, you know, if you have this voice and this, this platform, you got to use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like Casper's a tight knit community. So we do that. And we've got to do like, it's just been so cool, man. Like there's every year now for, this is going to be the fourth year in a row this Christmas where, 
every show in our, we either have a show in November, December, and there's a homeless, the homeless shelter here. And then there's a women's shelter here, both. And um, this wonderful lady named Lindsay Craig has been in charge of the Christmas stuff for years there. And she approached me and basically um, she said, you guys want to help with this? So now every year we uh, basically the kids that are there with their moms or dads or they don't, you know, they're homeless basically, or, or in the women's shelter, they're usually coming out of a not very good place and there's not very much money. So basically they, we have them all, you know, give them a hundred dollars, say you have a hundred dollars, write a list to Santa. And then we go pick up the list, um, do the 50, 50. And then for the last, this is going to be year number four that we get to fill all the lists for all the kids at the homeless shelter and, and at the women's shelter, which has just been like, yeah, I get choked up talking about it. Cause like I said, it's, yeah. it's just such a cool thing to be able to do. Yeah. And again, this is like, I want to be clear. Like this is not, this is not me. This is a complete joint effort by the community. That's all stepped up and yeah. really just comes all together and everybody buys raffle tickets and, 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 and donates and things like that. So it's, and the businesses donates. It's definitely not me, but it's kind of cool because it's something that, we did and now it's taken on a whole life of its own and everybody is so glad to help and it's just been so so cool you know what yeah. i mean so that's it's just been so great to to be able to have this little opportunity to do that and and you know just kind of spearhead it and then just make it happen. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, starting with Rewebbed. They are the best digital marketing agency on the planet. I love working with those guys. Founded by a guy named Ian Inman. He's on a mission to feed 1 billion kids and help 1 million entrepreneurs. Go check them out, tell them I sent you. Alpha Outpost, amazing monthly subscription box sent right to your door every single month. You can start for five bucks. They send you cool stuff like this. Go use the code TOPRATINGMMA for 15% off your order. Every time that I have a guest on my show, they say that's an amazing flag. Well, this flag here and many others that I own are from a company called Combat Flags. It's a veteran-owned company. They're on a mission to donate as much money as they can to stop soldier suicide. It's an amazing organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Yeah, and then we yeah. just started, uh, we have a small gym now um, that it's really hard for me to make it down there as, 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 as much as I'd like, but we're doing a program. Um, by the time uh, this posts, it will be full-fledged going, but we're doing Monday and Wednesday at uh, 5.30 where uh, a kid's uh, you know strength and conditioning and boxing and MMA uh, that I'm going to coach one night, and then I have uh, another coach, either Mike or Tyler, are going to coach on Wednesdays but where uh, it's a safe place for kids to come and train. And then um, if they can't, they just have to fill out an app. And if, you know, we've kind of got it set to federal poverty level um, standards to where if, you know, if they, their families making less than like 250% of federal poverty level, then they don't have to pay. And uh, so they can just come and it's just a safe place. And I just think it's so important because there's, Casper's really rough. It's a, it's like any blue collar community. You know, there's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of alcohol use. There's a lot of domestic violence. There's a lot of just problems that come with those small towns. You know what yeah, I mean? And totally. drugs and just, and there's a lot of, that's why I think combat sports are so important because for me, it was like, uh, you know, I like team sports and I was pretty good at them, but I, I feel like combat, those people that are go through these 
traumatic things for whatever reason are kind of drawn to combat sports, you know? Yep. And a lot of them don't fit into the mold of a football team or a basketball team or a baseball team, or maybe can't afford either. Right. You know what I mean? They're totally. just kind of, and um, so I think that, you know, if we can catch a couple of those kids and you know, if they want to become a fighter, great, you know, that's cool. If they don't, um, just, I think just teaching them how important it is and how good it feels just to work out. You know yeah. what I mean? And just have that where, you know, cause eventually they're going to have a job and they may not love their job. They may love it, but there's so many people in, you know, cast flights everywhere else that get off work and they go sit on the bar stool from 5 PM till one in the morning and then repeat. And that becomes their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you can get a kid who's, families done for generations say hey there's another alternative to this lifestyle like you can you can have a beautiful wife you can be healthy uh you know you can exercise and make yourself feel good and uh there's there's alternatives to drugs and alcohol and and just these things and so like i said it's just it's important uh for me just to at least show them hey this is here and if you want to come take advantage of it cool yeah uh you know and if if you don't that's cool so it's basically it's just a safe place again that's i don't want to take too much credit for that because that's been a group effort with all my friends and and, and other donors and stuff too so it's just like it's just something that i feel like i owe back because the gym you know i got in a lot of trouble growing up and i was in a environment to where a lot of people um like i said i didn't know my dad but you know i'd see uh you know my neighbor's dads or, you know, their uncles and stuff going to jail for drugs and alcohol. And, you know, there's violence and domestic violence and these things. And there's just, sometimes there's kids that just don't have an escape from that other than school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at least it's a, it's a couple hours away if they need to, it's a safe place and they can talk. And I don't know, it's, I think it's, that's just such an important thing in, in, you know, in society right now. And, we really need it. The, the, it's like the world's getting crazy every day. So totally. Yeah. If we can provide a tiny bit of help, then that that's cool, I guess, you know, and we got a really good deal on the building and stuff. So it's just been, it's just been, a, it's a blessing and it's just getting started. So, yeah. Come on, man. That's awesome, dude. Anyway, sorry, Eric. I just feel like I blabbed so much, buddy. You can Bro. tell me to shut up. No, that's awesome, man. I love the story, man. It's awesome. Dude, you're doing awesome, man. Dude, I mean, what's Thanks, next with, with uh, what's next for Hard and Fight Company and, you know, if this may, any events booked or anything coming up? Yeah, yeah, we got, uh, right now we have a boxing and kickboxing show, uh, which we do try to do like half and half, like half boxing, half kickboxing, just striking only December 19th. Come on, um, okay. So that's pretty excited about that. Wyoming's kind of like half open and half not. Gotcha. We can have 250 people in an indoor event, but then basically what I apply for is a variance. So I can kind of section the building in half and have two sections of 250 so we could sell 500 tickets. Nice. So it's hard to break even with only 500 people, but we did it last one and I feel like people come out and support it. So it's good. So doing that December, um, COVID has just been rough, man. I'm sure everybody yeah. you talk to, like the promoter, the fighters, I get fighters calling me all, it's like big name fighters now. They would normally not call me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they can't find a fight. They're right. just like, dude, there's no shows in this state. There's no shows in that state. Like, and I'm like, you know, even these big names, I'm like, dude, I can't afford to pay you. <laughs> to get right. the and a lot of them are just like, dude, I don't care. I want the work. You know what I mean? So yeah. you can tell there's like a big need for 
the MMA and, and the boxing and all the kickboxing, all this stuff. Hopefully we get to some level of normalcy back. Cause yeah, this was the year I was planning to expand to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then into Northern Colorado into Fort Collins and Loveland. And I had shows booked there. I mean, I had nine shows booked for 2020 and it turned into three. Wow. Cause Colorado's complete, pretty much completely shut down. Yep, so it's totally. just like, but I'm, I'm remaining optimistic. I'm optimistic. I think, you know, this is temporary. I'm trying to, so it's just like, it's, it's a bump in the road. So it doesn't matter if it's not this year, it's going to be next year. If it's not next year, it's going to be the next, like, I'm not going to give up. We're just going to keep growing and keep pushing. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, totally, man. I want to talk about your, your dog. Cause you have this Harley, you have this yeah. awesome <laughs> dog named Ava. You strap her yeah, to, to your chest, man, as you ride. What's the dog like? You know, what, what, what does she well, like going on those rides? So for the people that don't know, this is how silly my dog looks. She's like, <laughs> she's, she's like six pounds. Come anyway, on. Yeah, man. We, I got her from a rescue and she's, she's uh we think she's a tweeny but she's really tiny okay but yeah we uh i love riding motorcycles and i felt bad because i work all day and then in the summer i want to go ride well i'm gonna buy <laughs> i'm gonna buy one of those little packs and try to take her and i know everybody's gonna laugh at me <laughs> first of all which happens which i don't really care too much yeah but i was like well i'll try it so the first time we drove like like we'll go a mile because i know she's gonna be more first so we I was like we'll go a mile and for like the first half mile, she's just, you know what I mean? And then after that, she chilled, like she just chilled right out. And now she like, anytime my bike starts, she like looks forward to it, looks for the bag. So like now she's like pumped on it. She's more yeah. scared to ride in the automobile than she is the motorcycle, which is really weird now. Yeah. She's like, she's addicted to it, man. So obviously I can't take her like on the highway or anything, but she does like to scoot around and like, we'll go to the bar and have a beer and, Oh, I do get some just like this big ugly guy with tattoos. This little tiny chihuahua, <laughs> right? But yeah. I don't know. It's funny, man. It's a funny thing. Dude, that's it's so cool, shit. man. So cool, dude. Hey, I wanted yeah. to do a transition to a couple of fun questions here for us. Yeah. I have these things called pod decks. Essentially, just random questions. So I'm gonna oh, pull okay. one out, dude, and and uh, see what happens here. This one says, cool. uh, "Yeah, I mean, this is a good one. What's your morning routine uh -oh. like, man?" Man, uh, I have, I'm literally the most boring person on earth, man. I'm, I'm like, I usually on, on a weekday, uh, I just, um, I wake up, I drink a cup of coffee and then I take my dog out to go to the bathroom and then run her around a little bit. Um, I usually try to listen to a podcast or something in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, just yep. like whatever it is, like some Joe Rogan or audio book or something. And then tunes and shower and like usually get to work that's about it sometimes i'll go for uh a run for a mile or two in the morning if it's if it's decent out because i like doing that because it's you don't have to think about it you know what i mean yep. you can just roll out of bed and like put your shoes on and just be like go yep. you don't even really have to be awake you don't you just like kind of going through the motions so i do that sometimes too but man i'm not a morning person okay. at all i suck <laughs> at it dude. I, I hate it yeah yeah that's awesome, man. Yeah, I've been yeah. getting up at 4 a.m. six days a week for about 10 years now, man. And it's been, uh, it took me a while to kind of adjust to it. But now, man, without an alarm, I'm usually up by 4.30, 4.45 every oh, single yeah. morning. And then we've kind of built our own gym downstairs for the last 10 years. We have elliptical and treadmill and free cool. weights. And so I just go straight downstairs and, and do what you do, man, like half, half awake, man, and hop on the elliptical. And, you know, I did this thing over the summer called the – 
I'm calling it the 4590 that'll be launching here soon. But essentially, I did 90 days straight of 45 minutes of cardio. And Whoa. I, uh, I was like, dude, I'm getting rid of this dad bod. You know, that, you know I turned 40 last year. I was like, oh, I've got to, I got to get rid of this dad bod. So yeah, man, 90 days straight of cardio this year and, and lost 30 pounds and is still maintaining That's that intense. weight, man. And I think I've missed uh, two days of workout over the last 130 days, man. So it's been, uh, bro, that's uh, incredible. That's hard in the summer too, man, because there's so many distractions. I feel like, you know what yep. I mean? Like yeah. in the winter for me, it's a little easier to hit it hard. Cause it's like in Wyoming, it's dark and freezing like, yeah. when I wake up and when I get off work, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. so it's like, it's a little easier for me, but in the summer, man, you gotta, you're doing that in the summer is like taking the bull by the horns, man. It's not, I feel like it's not as easy in the summer. Right. It's like yeah. you and jo it's like you and Jocko up at that time, man. Totally. His cell yeah. phone number. <laughs> yeah. he, he's on my guest list for sure, man. Hopefully someday we'll get him on the show. Absolutely, man. I got two more yeah, questions cool. for you. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Favorite band or favorite type of music? Oh man, I love all music so much, dude. I just like such a big music guy. Yeah. Uh, my favorite. I love yeah. punk rock. Yeah, yeah, man. Like Bad Religion, Strung Out. Like those bands are like just. I just love them, man. They're just my favorite stuff. But if I'm not listening to that, I do like like a lot of like the, I love the new the newer like outlaw country like Cody Jenks and Chris Stapleton and um, uh, Tyler Childers and all these guys. Uh, just man, it's so refreshing to hear those guys too. So I love listening to those guys too. Nice. Yeah. Last question for you, man. You have a, a super awesome son. You've been post picture about. What's the best yeah. part about being a dad, dude? Bro, God, I can't tell you, man. Everything, like, being a dad is, like, the best thing that's ever happened to me, man. Like, I just, I love, I have one son, he's 11, and I, it's just weird being a, do you have any kids? My kids are 10 and 7, man, yeah, so. 10 and 7, oh, cool, yeah, so you yeah. know, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, my son's 11, and it's, but it's just weird to talk about being a dad, because, like, everything you like it's like every week you know every weird cliche you hear before you have kids that you roll your eyes at yeah is totally true you know what it's i mean totally. like, oh it's the best thing that ever happened to me oh and, and you know if you don't have kids you're like yeah yeah, yeah dude. but then it's like oh this is all real it's all absolutely true you know I mean so like everything about it but yeah my son my son's probably at least five times smarter than i am and more responsible yeah so like he's like kind of the parent right? <laughs> relationship yeah totally. but it's just such a, it's just so nice man to be able to like i i know i never had a dad and it was very very hard to not have that and we never had any money either so like just being close to my son and and then you know and just just being able to just him uh just just be gentle and loving with him and kind and teach him that because uh, I didn't experience a lot of that with the, the males that were in my life. Uh, but may, mostly just teaching that, yeah, just, just compassion. And it's okay for a guy to be just kind and loving and, and gentle. And th those things are so important, I think, that are just kind of grazed over in our, in our world. And also just to be able to give him, you know, it's not like I have a ton of money or anything, because I definitely don't. But, I, you know, it, I, to be able to give him all the things that I never got when I was a kid, you know what I yeah. mean? I, I don't spoil him, but just like, there was so many things that it was just like, I, I just wanted so bad. And it's just so cool to just be able to like, like I said, not spoil my son, but just give him all the things that, that I wanted that I could never get. And he's just so humble and he's so kind and appreciates it so much. So it's just, I don't know, just, just being there and just, just loving him is just, just everything, man. I just, Oh, so lucky 
to have him. I don't know where I'd be without him. Like he's made me such a better person. I'm just so grateful for him. Man, so awesome. So awesome, man. Yeah. Lee, like I, I said, wanted... you know, dude, you're, you're yeah. a dad, man. It's like all the corny cliche things here yep. are completely accurate. Right. <laughs> you know oh, totally. Mean? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Well, uh, Lee, I also wanted to give you an opportunity just to give a shout out to sponsors, teammates, coaches. I mean, anything like that, man. The camera's all yours, bro. Yeah, man. I have, well, I, I, shoot. We have a bunch of sponsors, man, that have just been like down so much. I feel bad naming them because then I'm going to probably forget a couple and then I'm yeah. going to get my ass chewed for them. Right. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I said, like the guys from Gaslight Social and Galloway's, which are two local bars, um, Pete Maxwell, um, who owns Gaslight Social and Matt Galloway, who owns Galloway's. Those are just like good friends of mine. And basically those guys are the reason, part of the reason that Harden Fight Company exists. Because like I told him, I was like, like I told you that story, I was like, this is my vision, dude. And they were just like, cool, here's the check. Yeah. Like it was just, and I was just like, "Come on, all right. Like, yeah, it was so cool. You know what I mean? So just stuff like that. It's just cool, man, to, to have people like that. So them and like Fremont Motors, and I know I'm going to forget, Jason Nobles from Wyoming Bale Agency. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some other uh, I know, and they're going to kick my ass. They're going to be like, oh, you mentioned Jason and didn't mention me. <laughs> uh, but they all, but there's, dude, honestly, that's the thing is Casper's been so, so, so supportive, dude. And I just can't be Love like, it. I can't be like grateful enough for everybody's been so positive. And it's just, it's cool, man. And like I said, dude, that's why I thank you for having me. I think I, I just don't want to overstate it, man, that people like you are so important, dude, because there's so many, um, I don't know, especially if you're in a smaller town. Um, I feel like if you achieve any type of small success, which I don't consider myself to be successful or anything like that, I don't measure myself compared to anything or anybody else. But I just think there's, you know, it's like that 50-50 thing where half if, if you experience some success half of the people kind of like are turned off by it and can't wait to say something negative or want to see you stumble or want to see you, you know what i mean they want to see you fail they don't they say oh this guy's got a podcast which you think he's a big dude no, you know what i mean and they don't you know what i mean they're, they're yeah. they just want it they want to see you stumble they want to look for any little thing to nitpick you or whatever like that and um it's just people like you and like Pete and Matt and just all the people that just even people that I don't know that inspire me but the, the other 50% are the people that are just like understand that maybe if somebody else succeeds that doesn't take away from my success so they just encourage Come on. positive yeah. Pete you know what I mean like dude you're winning keep winning I'm proud of you you know I, you know and just like minded people like you're you know like I mentioned in that post about you know what's seeming to be like your guys' ideology and things like that to build people up and support them and like help them to succeed and you want to see people win you know mm -hmm. what I mean and totally. and want to see people get attention and love and just and 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 be driven and motivate people and things like that so man yeah like I said just anybody like that and like I said thank you for having me on the show because I like I said I can't overstate man how I'm like, there's so many people, you know, like I mentioned Jocko and you and, you know, all these cliche names, like, you know, whoever, Joe Rogan and these, and, and these people um, that, that are just, that are like that though, but people like that, that build each other up and support each other. I think you guys like you are so important to the world, man, because, you know, you, you let me, you know, you people know that it's okay. And, 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 you know, that, you're doing the right thing. You're heading in the right direction, even if shit gets hard. So yeah, 
you keep up the good work too oh <laughs> thank you for the kind words man i think i mean you're yeah. a world changer for sure man lee Thanks, such an man. honor to have you on the show man really truly Dude. love what you're doing out there man and keep kicking ass man i'll see you man come out to wyoming and come fishing with me sometime big brother you got it you got it man hey thanks right. for your time man have a good day thank you so much for watching the show today i so appreciate it please leave a comment down below leave us a review share this video we want to get it in front of as many people as we can I'm gonna to continue to bring on the best guests possible and the best up and coming fighters, real fighters, real stories. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.